Hello everybody and welcome. Welcome to Essex Church where this community known as Kensington Unitarians meets each week for worship. Welcome to anyone who is new to this place or to a Unitarian community. Welcome to those of you who are here most weeks. Welcome to those of you who join us from time to time. There's a place for you here. A place to reconnect with parts of yourself perhaps, with others at a deeper level maybe. An opportunity to reconnect with that which is of genuine worth to you. However you might choose to describe that sense of the ultimate, the divine, the God of your hearts and your understanding. And so I invite you to take a conscious breath now if you wish and to know yourself to be truly here. Let's be focused and present. Let's relax as best as we can in a chair, in a building, on a Sunday morning. Let yourself be, however that is right now. And may we all find something that which we're most in need of during this next hour. May the weary find some rest. May the troubled find peace. May those who feel blessed find new ways to share good fortune with others. And may we all be reminded that we're part of something greater than ourselves. Whatever our faith and our beliefs, we are part of the great stream of life itself, moving ever onwards together, weaving together the great tapestry that is life here on earth. This simple chalice flame bears witness to the humanity we all share. One people, one planet, one shared life. May we learn to live in harmony. May we widen our circles of compassion. May we seek to understand. Right, very quickly now everybody, imagine the scene. It's a village and it's got a street running through the middle of it. And for some reason, one day, God decides to visit the village. She, he, it, just fancies looking around, is in disguise. <laughs> is in disguise looks like an ordinary sort of down-to-earth kind of person apart from this amazing hat and so it is that people on either side of the street just come that well again for a moment look on in wonder realize that they're meeting god possibly for the first time and god is wearing a fabulous hat well God walks along that village street and only afterwards <laughs> only afterwards they say in the pub later did the conversation begin and the people on the one side of the street said did you see God today wasn't that an amazing experience I've never seen God before what a fabulous red hat God was wearing and the people on the other street, what do you think they said? Did you see God today? Wasn't that the most wonderful green hat? Now, 
You might have hoped that the appearance of God on a village street could have made life a little bit better on earth. But the people who saw the red hat and the people who saw the green hat started to argue with one another and hundreds of years later had started individual places of worship where they worshipped the green-hatted God or the red-hatted God. And it was all a bit miserable. And God thought, ah, if only they'd managed to see another point of view. And that is the story of God's hat. Thank you, Tyler. It's much appreciated. Well-worn, I say. And that leads us into our time of prayer and reflection now, our quiet time, where we're remembering that on Friday, this Friday just gone, the world uh, marked Holocaust Memorial Day. It's marked on the 27th of January each year, remembering that on the 27th of January 1945, the concentration camp at Auschwitz was liberated. And each year, we're called to bear witness to humanity's ability to turn against itself and to create divisions based on race, religion, ethnicity, political affiliations. The potential for genocide surely lies within the divisions that we create in our hearts and minds. And so I call on the divine spirit of life and love to be with us now and to bless this time spent together today. As we mark Holocaust Memorial Day, we're called to remember the depths of our potential inhumanity to one another and to commit ourselves again and, and again to the building of bridges across divisions and separations. In order to survive, we humans build walls and create boundaries both in our own lives and in the lives of our communities. Such boundaries can help us to feel protected, yet they also separate us from others. They can create even greater divides. And so may all such walls be temporary and movable, with some gaps for us to look through, openings that allow us to perceive realities other than our own. When we think we know the truth, may we remember that it is only our truth, true from our perspective. May we be ever aware that there is more to this existence than we can ever know, and be therefore more curious and gentle travellers on the paths of life. A life that is so much more complex than any simple dualism of right and wrong can ever comprehend. Perhaps in our own lives, we have built a wall. Perhaps in our own lives, we have reached across a barrier, a divide, or dismantled a wall that we realized was no longer needed. Perhaps we can own our individual and our collective potential for evil. 
Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And let's remember our own power to make things better in this world and in ourselves through simple acts and small adjustments in our thinking. If life calls us to make a stand against injustice, may we be guided in the most effective use of our powers. May we know how best to bring out the best in others. And may we be blessed with powers of discernment so as not to be led by the crowd in our thinking or our actions. And may hatred and blame be replaced by compassionate understanding this day and all days. And may this be so for the greater good of all. Amen. Encountering the other, the challenge for the 21st century. That same choice our ancestors faced thousands of years ago faces us today as well, with undiminished intensity. A choice as fundamental and categorical as it was back then. How should we act toward others? Journalist Richard Kapuscinski explains that an encounter with the other with other people has always been a universal and fundamental experience for our species. The question he asks is, do those encounters lead to violence or to cooperation, to bridge building or to the building of walls? Archaeologists tell us that the very earliest human groups were small family tribes numbering 30 to 50 individuals. Had such a community been larger, it would have had trouble moving around quickly and efficiently. Had it been smaller, it would have found it harder to defend itself effectively and to fight for survival. So, here is our little family tribe going along searching for nourishment when it suddenly comes across another family tribe. What a significant movement in the history of world. What a momentous discovery. Should they throw themselves in fury on those other people? Or walk past dismissively and keep going? Or rather, try to get to know and understand them. That same choice our ancestors faced thousands of years ago faces us today as well with undiminished intensity. A choice as fundamental and categorical as it was back then. How should we act toward others? Fortunately, there is evidence of a different human experience scattered abundantly across our planet. These are the proofs of cooperation, the remains of marketplaces, of ports, of places where the agoras and sanctuaries, of where the seats of old universities and academies are still visible, and of where there remain vestiges of such trade routes as the Silk Road, the Amber Route, and the Trans-Saharan Caravan Route. All of these were places where people met 
to exchange thoughts, ideas, and merchandise, and where they traded and did business, concluded covenants and alliances, and discovered shared goals and values. The other stopped being a synonym of foreignness and hostility, danger and mortal evil. People discovered within themselves a fragment of the other, and they believed in this and lived confidently. People, thus, had three choices when they encountered the other. They could choose war, they could build a wall around themselves, or they could enter into dialogue. Thank you, Harold. And we're entering the meditative time of our service now. There's going to be um, a short guided meditation which uh, recognises the Chinese New Year of the Rooster and suggests a waking up to other points of view. And then that's going to be followed some music from our choir, which is not what was previously advertised. What are you singing today, everybody? There's a time for us, there is indeed. And that will lead into a good few minutes of shared silence and stillness together. And that comes to an end with a chime from our bell. So get yourselves comfy, maybe put down anything that you don't need to hold on to. Take a breath. Bring your awareness, perhaps, to your body in this chair. Feet resting on the floor. The earth beneath us. And delight in a world that allows us access to so many different cultures. We have a wonderfully large Chinese community who are starting their celebrations even now here in London, celebrating the New Year Festival. We live in a richly diverse city, a richly diverse world. If the rooster was crowing at this moment and waking you up to other points of view, which points of view might you need to be aware of? Perhaps as we listen to the music and then enter a silence together, we might think about this issue of multiple points of view and how we perhaps enter into dialogue one with another.
everybody get a, a little hymn sheet as, as you came in? Perhaps we can share if needs be, or the choir could give you one if we haven't got enough. Um, the words to our next hymn are on this. It's called True Neighbours, and um, I just wanted to give a bit of background explanation to this. It was written by one of my college tutors, John Campbell, for World AIDS Day. Um, and its wider message is clear in its references to the story of the Good Samaritan. And you'll perhaps remember the background to that, that one day a lawyer came to Jesus and asked what he needed to do in order to gain eternal life. And Jesus asked him a question that he would know the answer to, what the law of the Ten Commandments said. And the lawyer answered, well, you shall love your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength, and you shall love your neighbour as yourself. Right, said Jesus. And then the lawyer asked, well, teacher, who is my neighbour? In other words, who do I have to treat lovingly? And Jesus, as you'll remember, then told the story of a man attacked on the road, not helped by people from his own culture, but by a stranger, by the other, the one from Samaria, a race who would generally be shunned or feared for who they were. And at the end of the story, Jesus tells his questioner to go and do likewise. Love your neighbour as yourself.
The advert for this address, points of view, uh, said, how might an understanding of another's point of view help in times of conflict and uncertainty? Have you ever worked with someone you didn't get on with? Just a little, no, never, Harold. In your life, has there been a family member that you find a bit difficult? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever lived in the same building as or next door to someone you didn't always see eye to eye with? Uh, are there ways that people behave in your neighbourhood that make life less pleasant for you? Is there any individual or group in the political world at present whose views and policies you find repellent? What a lot of hands. Are there current wrongs in the world that you'd like to shout out about like a rooster at dawn telling everyone else to pay more attention? Yes. Okay, if none of these human situations apply to you, then could I ask you to come up here now and lead the rest of today's service, as you clearly know more about this topic than I do. Today's service marks the last day of our theme of understanding that we've been exploring throughout January. And for me, the topic has gained greater complexity as the month has progressed. I fear I've made no progress in simplifying the issue of understanding. I've been reminded that when it comes to human thinking and behaviour, we are all at the mercy of unconscious impulses that can be really very hard to understand. If this, ha if this address has any one message, it would be that pursuing a deeper understanding of the underlying concerns of each and every human being is a worthwhile endeavour but it'll take us more than one lifetime to carry it out. A worthy endeavour, it's not an easy path to take. I mean, any one of us who has tried to take a conversation with a loved one deeper will know the challenge of exploring other points of view. How much greater the challenge then in coming to understand issues of people very different from ourselves in culture and life experiences. That old saying of don't judge someone till you've walked a mile in their shoes really only begins to express the way we are shaped by life experiences. And from the earliest days of humanity's existence here on planet Earth, we've survived, haven't we, by making very quick judgments, assessments of the others we meet along the way. I chose a quotation from journalist Richard Kapuscinski's book for our front cover and for our reading uh, that we heard earlier on. His book is Encountering the Other, the Challenge for the 21st Century. You perhaps remember Harold reading this. People thus had three choices when they encountered the other. They could choose war, they could build a wall around themselves, or they could enter into dialogue. Kapuscinski was writing about the experiences of early human tribes people, yet a quick scan of current affairs will affirm that these three choices are each still being acted out in different parts of the world. 
We look on in disbelief as a newly elected leader speaks of building a wall between one country and another some 1,900 miles in length. And then we perhaps remember the wall that now separates Israel and Palestine some 400 miles in length. Or the Berlin Wall dividing East and West Germany during the Cold War. Built, I would remind you, almost overnight in 1961 and not fully demolished until 1992. Or the Great Wall of China, thousands of miles long, built some 2,300 years ago. We humans build walls. And we also engage in conflict. I know I'm not alone in thinking that Britain's emphasis on the arms trade is a complete disgrace. The thought that weapons made in our country will this very day be used to kill other people in other parts of this world. Isn't that a shocking reality to sit with? And Kapuscinski's third choice of how we might behave when encountering the other is, of course, to engage in dialogue. It's dialogue that, as he said, leads to trade, to cultural mingling, to exploring new ideas and ways of being. Ugh, yet what shall we do when dialogue brings us up against that which we dislike or fear or really strongly disapprove of? Have a think about the world at this moment and some group or individual whose views you disapprove of. I've been thinking about this all week. And an issue that I kept coming back to strongly is, is I disapprove of any group or society that does not regard women as equals and does not value girls' education and their freedom to choose who and when they marry. And I know that's an issue that um, a number of us share a concern for. Um, I don't know if there are other issues that you want to shout out now. Are there any groups of others that you find difficult? Racists. Racists. Any? People who try to get on the tube before Brian, yes. <laughs> I don't like those people either, Brian, but they try to get on in front of me too. Oh, before you get off. Oh, no, that really is annoying. That's just bad manners, isn't it? Any others? People that don't see that there's another person waiting to get on the bus. Yeah. Pretend that they're not sitting in the seat who's supposed to be Yes. People who... <laughs> So anyone who doesn't actually recognise that there's somebody more in need of a seat than them on public transport. Yes, Lucy. People that put money um, before the arts. Yeah. Oof, yes. Yes. People who put money before the arts. People who lie. People who lie. Yep. Yep. Oh. Gina, I'm with you on that one. People who drop litter. Mike. Yes, people who cannot accept their humanity and wish and want to be saints. Thank you, Mike. And so on. We could keep this going indefinitely. We all have groups that we dislike, fear, or disapprove of. And then in the New Testament, in Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount, we find Jesus telling us to love our enemies which, in truth, most of us find quite difficult. Just in case 
we need a reminder, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. And you'll hear a similar message in, in all the other world religions. The Buddha, hatreds do not cease in this world by hating, but by love. This is an eternal truth. Overcome anger by love, overcome evil by good. And so on. These, this is the path of non-violent protest. Of bearing witness to injustice rather than ignoring it in the hope it'll just go away. We know, don't we, that we live in a hugely complex world society. And we know that at times love will not be enough. Oh, how simple it could be if that story of God's two-coloured hat was just a true representation of how things are. But aren't the colours of truth many? Earlier on in our service, we recognised World Holocaust Memorial Day. We vowed to remember our potential for inhumanity to those we judge to be different from us. Seemingly civilised communities that lived in relative harmony can be very easily manipulated into fear and hatred. And we who must bear witness to our human capacity for misinformation we have to remain awake and aware of the multiplicity of points of view and the potential for some points of view to mislead others and to wrong, lead to wrongdoing. I don't know about you, but holding responsibility for all this can seem too much to bear at times. But isn't this the task of our era? We can't turn away from the realities of a global world where we do know what is happening in other places. Perhaps though we have to start small, exercise our ability to see life from other perspectives, strengthen our willingness to embrace diversity, clarify our bottom lines of what is and is not acceptable and keep looking for ways to build bridges and not walls. Let's seek encounter with the others and let's help build a more loving and awake world. Amen. So may we, in the week ahead, seek to understand ourselves better. May we seek to understand another more deeply than we know them today and may we hold the complexity of our world in loving compassion this day and all days amen go well and blessed be